Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about some highlights of Patch 7.3, which is coming next week, along with some of our recent adventures. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I'm uh, feeling a little nostalgic, actually. Nostalgic? Yeah. Pray tell. Well, I had a, a pretty good one versus one experience. Mm. I was I was out in Skypoint messing around. I was going to kill some mobs, farm some disciplines, but... I came up to the camp that I was looking to go to, and there was an assassin. He was also had the same idea. And I was like, well, I mean, I guess we're going to have to fight over it because we're out here and that's the thing. I mean, if I don't attack him, he's probably going to attack me if I'm just, you know, farming the mobs or whatever. And he's an assassin, so you're always going to wonder if he's getting ready to. Exactly. Uh, he doesn't. And I wasn't on a stealth character. I was on my archer, so I was like, I'm at a disadvantage already. And he hasn't seen me yet. And I'm like, well, I guess this, this, I have to go at him. So I actually go up to him, and he's in the middle of fighting a mob, a thrall. And I draw my bow, and I'm actually just like, I, I guess I'll just wait till he's done killing it. I don't know why I felt like that. I was just like, eh. You know, I give him a chance, right? Hard for me to understand, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I, was, I was pretty confident on, on the archer. I was, I don't know, I felt like I'd give him a, a chance. But he immediately saw me and then just stopped fighting the mob. And I guess, I don't know if you te- I have a teleport or some sort of movement. But instantly came at me and attacked me. And so we went at it. And of course, I killed him fairly easily. And... I was like, well, I mean, well, I'll just sit here and, and farm some mobs, and I imagine he's going to come back, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, cool, uh, I won my camp now. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, I don't know. I, I give it a shot. And um, anyway, he comes back, of course, and definitely doesn't give me any any warning and comes at me and ends up killing me so we're we're one one mm. and i'm like i i think i gotta go back now <laughs> was this surprising though because when you described your first kill yeah. the language you used was of course i won easily however the very next yeah. encounter not so much mm-hmm. i mean i was in it and then toward the end some of my abilities were down and i ended up like fat fingering something and i was mm-hmm. like that wasn't what i was trying to do but well i mean the reason i say i was gonna win is because he was already taking damage and so i figured he's not in he's not initiating from out of stealth which is kind of a yeah big deal for them yeah yeah and i imagine his his abilities are on cooldown or at least some of them because he's fighting the, the mobs yeah yeah and i'm coming in fresh so right but so anyway, I'm like, well, I, I'm going to go back now. 
And uh, I wanted to try and, and get the jump on him, but he was fighting on top of like some elevation. And so he saw me coming in mm. and I was like, well, I'm not going to engage him right now. Cause that's not the fight that I want to have. And so I ended up circling the camp running in this big loop. Right. I mean, I know he can see me. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he's not paying attention, but we'll just assume that he sees me. But since I was coming at him, I didn't want him to stealth and get the jump. So I went and ran around behind this huge boulder. And I guess I'm going to try and bait him. And so I ended up dropping a trap behind me. And then I hid behind the boulder like I was waiting for him to come back around and kill some more mobs on this side. And if he did do that, I mean, that would be the ultimate fight that I would want to have is to Mm -hmm. be able to shoot at him from the spot while he's down fighting mobs or something. So if he does do that, then that's cool. However, if he does come back around, hopefully he hits the trap, which will unstealth him. And then Mm -hmm. now we're on even fighting terms or more so. And that, that's exactly what happened. He comes back in and he hits the trap. And I'm like, oh, that was awesome. <laughs> and then I teleport away because I'm on the wood elf, right? And then immediately get distance. And then open up on my archer abilities. And it, w- it was great because, I mean, it was like I had all of the initiative. And he comes in, ends up getting off some some good abilities, I guess. And actually gets me down to where we're about even and we're coming in like 40% health bars or something. Mm -hmm. And he does something to me to cause me to have to choose to retaliate or not. Mm. And uh, I guess I had hit my, my teleport or my dodge, but as the screen blacks out, it comes back and I'm like super far away Hmm. and I'm just confused as to what happened because I'm like kind of looking for him. And since we were getting close to about done, he was damaged enough that he didn't re-engage me. And Hmm. I was like, well, I'm confused and, and I didn't have confidence in the fight if I was to try and run and chase him. Mm-hmm. So I just took the opportunity to leave and try and heal and then came back, but then he wasn't there. But it was just a really, a really nice experience of that personal PVP that, I mean, I haven't felt that since Camelot. In that, mm-hmm. in that type of situation, right? I mean, in the dregs and stuff, there's a lot of group on group. You got the keep sieges and all that's great. But being able to engage like that in something that's more intimate, kind of like when we would go to the bridge as stealthers or something like that in Camelot, when it's not necessarily a full visible group, 
but maybe three or four stealthers or something like that. So the fights are more small and feel more tactical. I don't know. Not that the visible groups can't be tactical. They, they very much are. It's just that those weren't our main characters and we didn't have, have a guild that focused on that, I guess. Yeah, I think it's less about the... I mean, yeah, I think it's it, it's either you know one-on-one or, or small group fighting is, is what you're hitting on it. Yeah. The, the stealther is useful for that because you can avoid fights by hiding. So mm-hmm. you can kind of make it so that you, you know depending on how long you're willing to just sit and watch, <laughs> you yeah, can make it so yeah. that you only get into fights that you want to be in. And and with a visible group, that's just not possible because if you get seen and someone wants to engage you, then there's not anything for you to do if you can't just outright escape them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. And I mean, in you know those past games, we would probably not run any any really visible solo character, maybe the vampire or something. <laughs> but I mean, I but it's, what's funny though, is that it's for the exact same reason that we, that we struggle when we play alone in Crowfall, which uh-huh. is that it's what I just said, because you can't hide. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you get spotted, I mean, I, I actually really have come to enjoy the Druid on in Crowfall quite a bit. Now I expect to heal with it, so it's not you know wouldn't be a good fighter anyway. But it's like I, I'm not comfortable to just go farm resources on it because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think I can get away. You know, yeah. Uh, whereas with something that can stealth, at least there's a chance <laughs> you can right. Hide. Yeah, and I mean the only reason that I was able to have that was because it was just him. I mean, right. If I would have ran into a group of two three i mean it's like oh man i can't hide at all <laughs> then you got to go back to the mirror and and look look real hard in the mirror and get good yeah <laughs> yeah that's probably it i mean that's the problem because you know? you know i mean if you're good at your character you could take on multiples um, right and maybe yeah. you can on some classes i don't know right yeah but yeah i Send mean the developers who, at me you know? <laughs> depending on who those other characters are and how while they're geared and such. Right, right. Yeah, there's there's a, a large amount of factors that play into it. No, that is that is a really fun story. And that is, and it's, I mean, it's those, I don't know, there's, it's not fair to say that that's, that's all the only thing that's the most valuable, though, because, and not that either, not that there is a most valuable is my, my point, but, I mean, I have, you know, great memories in both games now, actually, of keep sieges and big group fights and, and those kinds of things. And it's it can be fun in big group fights or big group, not just the literal fight, but the back and forth and like the the strategy of you know controlling the larger map and that sort of stuff. That can all be fun. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There is you're, you're right that there's something intimate's a good word, but the, you know different whenever it's it's more personal like that. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not Dark Age or Crowfall, but. Uh, in, in World of Warcraft, I did Arena a long time ago, mm-hmm. which is, uh, at least back then, it was two-on-two, three-on-three, or, or five-on-five. Yeah. So always a pretty intimate fight, right? Especially if you're in the two-on-two or the three-on-three. Yeah. Now, 
you're just thrown together for the match. So it's not you're not fighting over the rights to farm a camp or something like what you were doing, which I do think is more interesting. But anyway, I remember getting into a situation one time where we were in a three on three and I was the only person left from my team and I was like damage dealer. And then on the other team was a healer and we're the only two left except I, the amount of damage I do can't get through his healing, (laughs) but he has to nonstop heal himself so he can't actually damage me. And I could quasi heal myself. I was a druid and wow also. So I could also throw little heals on myself or whatever. So the normal game would be like, oh, you wait until the healer runs out of mana. And now you get him. Except he was able to crowd control me like once a minute. And then he would get on a mount and run around a corner and break line of sight and then drink water as fast as he could (laughs) to get mana back. We literally fought for a full hour. No um, way. Yeah, it got it got to a point where his friends who were in his arena match logged in to my faction server or whatever and messaged me and they were like, Hey, like we're buddies with that guy that you're fighting right now. And they were talking to my guildmates or whatever who I was in voice chat with. Uh-huh. But would you do you want to join it wasn't this is how long ago it was. I'm pretty sure it was Ventrello, but do you want to hop in our vent server? Can we join your vent server or whatever since we're going for so long? And I was like, no, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. And then they were like, well, I mean, he said he's good to go all night. And I was like, I, I I played till about 5 a.m. Usually and it's midnight now. So, you know, Hey, we'll see what happens. (laughs) And so we went for about an hour and eventually I, I was able to, to, to win, but it wasn't like I, you know, because I was so much better at the game or something. I finally, he just broke down <laughs> after doing <laughs> it for that long and made a few mistakes that I was able to, to kind of snowball. Yeah. So the point isn't of my victory or something. The point is more to just like, but yeah, I mean, you don't get that experience in a guild versus guild fight, right. Mm-hmm. Or a faction versus faction fight. Like you don't get, this hour long experience where it's no longer about the game. It's no longer about the <laughs> characters or in that case, the arena rating. Like it's just like, it's me sitting at my keyboard and you at yours and one of us can win only. Right. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it transcends the game that you're playing and just right. goes into a more like personal thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, I mean, not even worried about what what else is going on in this game or just like uh, when we were fighting uh coming back i guess to the fight or something if there's a possibility to keep at it i mean it's just this mm-hmm. is what we're this is what we're doing <laughs> right right yeah well it, it is also cool too that it went one and one and then i mean the fact that it's a draw is almost somewhat poetic but yeah but it, it's also fun because you both got to have yours. Whereas, I mean, obviously it's probably more fun technically for you if you win both right outright, mm-hmm. but it's less fun for him. And now maybe makes him less likely to come back. Whereas, and again, not that people should throw fights to make other people feel better or something. That's not <laughs> my point, but just simply that it worked out that way means that you both are now eager to do that again, I guess is my point. Yeah. I, I was more so, I mean, just, happy that 
I mean, I, I wouldn't have to win all of the fights, but I, you know, I, we did three. It was like, at least I got one in there mm-hmm. and I didn't feel outmatched. Like when, right. you, when you feel outmatched and, and then it's like, well, I, I just either, I don't know how to play the character or something completely like just demoralizing. Right. Um, right. So, you know, not that I had to win every fight, but honestly, I mean, there was, it would be really nice if there was some type of realm point situation like in Camelot. It it was nice to see some points tick up on in that information window or something. You just love a progress bar, my friend. (laughs) Is that it? Yeah, that's probably it. I I think that's it. That might be it. Yeah. You just want to see a record. A record of that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I need to get more progress bars and, other things Maybe you should outside be video games. No, yeah. I. You remember me in accounting, actually. <laughs> yeah, but that was a long time ago. That was when you were having to write stuff down in a ledger. Imagine now, it's all just progress bars. Oh, How delighted I, are I, you? I guess that's true. It's just records constantly. You know, <laughs> I don't know. There might be too many records. Maybe you could get into payment processing and just do something with receipts. <laughs> Countless records. No. Okay. What is that movie with is it Will Ferrell? Or he's the tax man or something? What? I don't know. I don't he, know he has that. to go someplace and go through all these receipts. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Yes, yes. Oh man, now I'm not gonna be able to remember it. That's it's okay. It's Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yep. I kept wanting to say The Secret Life, but that's The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, Mm -hmm. which is totally different than Stranger Than Fiction. However, what both of those movies contain is the lead actor, Will Ferrell or Ben Stiller, are typically associated with comedies. Mm -hmm. And while both of those movies have some, like, you know, charming moments that are kind of amusing or something, they're not comedy movies. And both of those actors do a really great job of carrying those films. Like, they're excellent, excellent movies. Anyway... For more on film, room. so no, so I think that's well. So I think it's interesting that you talk about the and this is serendipitous. We, as anyone who listens to this knows, we don't do any planning at all before we record. So again, totally happenstance, but you know, you share the story of a one-on-one fight that you had. Whereas most of the stuff that we've talked about so far throughout, you know, the show is how the Alliance works, how the guild works, how politics and Crowfall are happening, what the keep siege schedule is like or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All these big, big fights. And now you tell the this, this story about this really small fight. And, and in patch 7.3, which is the next update that's currently on test and will be out with the next campaign launch, I think November eight or nine somewhere in there is when it's scheduled to to come out. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things they're trying to, to emphasize better is making, making it easier for, for smaller group fights to happen. Oh, okay. Not necessarily just one-on-one, but so for example, there is a, the zones have limits on concurrent Alliance, Alliance members in them. Okay. So, and here, I'm just going to try and, yeah, here we go. So there's three different types of zones now. There's siege zones, which have rank eight and nine resources, 
and have one large keep, two small keep, zero mines. Mm -hmm. Adventure zones, 50 alliance member cap, five through eight resources, one small keep, three forts, two mines, or wildland zone, 25 alliance member cap, rank nine and 10 resources. So actually the highest resources are there, Mm -hmm. five forts, four mines. So that's really interesting. I hadn't actually caught that when I looked at this earlier. So the siege zones are still 100 on 100 fights or pot. But the wildland zones don't have keeps. They have forts, but no keeps. And that's where the highest resources are. But that's 25 alliance member cap. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, if you're in a single group, then obviously you're still not close to that, right? Uh But it prevents a mega guild or a mega alliance of some sort just only dominating a zone with a hundred players at a time or something. Right. Uh Yeah. So I think that's, I think that's a really interesting change in it uh, and a welcome one. You know, you and I have talked a a bit just about like, you know, we've talked about, do they add PVE content or, you know, what things can they do to entice individual or small group players? That's not just, Hey, get all your stuff stolen in the dregs, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which is fine. And, and and I get the the challenge with it because it's like you don't want to drive the community away from the intended game loop, uh-huh. right? So if you make it so that solo farming mob somewhere where there's no risk is close to as valuable as the dregs people won't go to the dregs because they want to get their stuff. And so they go where there's less risk, but now it's defeated itself because they're not doing the dregs. But at the same time, they have to strike this balance because if you're only in the dregs and that's the only thing you can do, well, then people get turned off by that because it's, it's too much. Right. So, and obviously this is all still within the dregs, but I think this is a really, really, I don't know, positive change. And, And, and if you try and join a zone, that is at your alliance already has the cap members at, then it puts you into a queue. Yeah. That's so you can cool. still join it later. Yeah. Can you, I mean, can you still, I guess, play the game? It does. It's not like a loading screen queue or something, right? It doesn't say, I would assume not. I mean, if so, I don't know. There's a lot of things in this game that's like, Oh, of course that's not how it works. And it does. But, but yeah, I'm, 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 I would be very surprised if it, <laughs> Yeah, if it, if it didn't let you continue to do anything else and just made you sit at a loading screen until you could join. Yeah. But, yeah, time will tell. But anyway, I thought that was really cool. They updated maps a lot, so now you can see party members on maps. You can see a map pin for where you, you died recently. There's a death marker where a player death has occurred in the last five minutes, so kind of oh, a hot zone-ish kind of thing, you know, so you can understand where fights are happening or... Or at least maybe, hey, I'm not going to go farm that war <laughs> tribe because <laughs> there's a ton of skulls over there. So there's someone's wrecking shop, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's some, something going down. Right. Yeah, that's um, cool. I'm all for the the improvements on the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that just makes it so much better. Maps will now load much faster. Oh. I, I will say even with a brand new computer... It's not as noticeable as it was, but it's still not like switching browser tabs or something. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I, my hope is that it will be Ooh. after this. That would be great that if would, it was. That would be great. 
Well, especially with no minimap, and I'm fine with no minimap, but l- let me toggle this as easily as possible. Right? Yeah. For sure. So I, I don't know. You know, with the... I guess I'm jumping all over here, but to go back to the, the Wildlands zone thing, because I'm really interested that, that rank 9 and 10 resources are in the Wildland zones. Now, nine rank 9 are also in the Siege zones, mm-hmm. but the fact that rank 10 resources are only in the Wildland zone, like... I don't know, and that's the 25 Alliance member cap. It just seems like that's really going to drive a lot of activity there. Is that... Yeah. It's an interesting setup because, I mean, if you had a really active Alliance, Mm -hmm. it would limit your advantage of farming. Mm. And and there's no keeps there, right? Right, just five forts and four mines. And they've changed how that all works a little bit too. Let me see if I can find that real quick. But go on with your thought. But yeah, so basically if you had a bigger alliance with a lot of active people in it that would make use of that, the farming, then you might have to coordinate that a little bit. I don't know. I mean... 25 people would have to be wanting to do the same thing. So, um, well, 25 people would have to want to be have to want to harvest rank 10 resources. I mean, correct. but there's yeah. five what, five different resource categories or six different resource categories. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically one group per resource type and you're 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 there, right? So, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a really interesting point that it it stifles the power of of just the volume of players of the larger alliances. Yeah. Yeah. From just, whereas now again, I mean, they could go in the siege zone and then a hundred people could simultaneously be working to get rank eight and nine resources, which is close to the top at rank nine. Mm -hmm. But the fact that the very top rank is limited is, yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's uh, interesting. Something that I am shocked that it took four months post live, but Hey, I'll take it is the chat window is now overhauled now has two chat tabs by default one called general and one called combat log which is how it works all right in all other games okay uh, assuming that you can see everything <laughs> in the general tab which i assume you can and then you can still turn on separate windows if you want to have you know, just a, a, a dedicated window for one or the other. Mm-hmm. But me and not having to toggle through, what is it, like seven or eight different windows? Gosh, I know. going to be huge. Yeah. I might try and type stuff and say to people now. So are, are you saying that those are, that's, those are the default choices? I mean, there's still more tabs? Is you can any- still create more tabs. You can still, yeah, you can still turn on and off other uh, dedicated tabs if you want to just oh, okay. alliance or just guild or just zone if you didn't want it to be interrupted. But I, again, I'm, I am a little out on a limb here, but I'm assuming that in the general chat tab, it will be like it's been since the year 2000 where say and party and guild and everything is just all in one running feed in the general chat tab. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it. Which then makes it easy to see because you can 
see it. (laughs) (laughs) It's not on some hidden tab that you don't know how to get to. Right, right. Also, crafting has a pretty new and cool little, I don't know, feature, I guess you could say. So let's say you wanted to make a a wooden staff. Mm -hmm. And as part of that, you have to make a leather grip. Okay. Which is not made at the woodworking table. That's made at the leather working table. But the interface doesn't tell you that today. Well, as of this patch, if you, if you, if you click on the, the leather handle, it will a open the recipe for the leather handle. And if it's at a different station, then it tells you to go to that other station. Mm. So now these little sub component recipes that are required for almost everything can be accessed from the larger recipe, I guess you could say. Right. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. And there's navigation with the arrow keys. So, or in the upper left hand corners, you can go forwards and back. So if you were on the wooden staff, you click the button to go to the leather grip, you do that. Now you can go back and go back to the wooden staff. So you don't have to re-search the original recipe out again. That is so good. Yeah. I mean, crafting, I mean, I love the, the depth of it, but those little nice additions will make it so much more intuitive. Yeah, well, there's so there's I mean, there's two things like there's the actual crafting system, which does have an enormous amount of depth and is honestly probably the most interesting crafting system that I've seen, at least in a fantasy MMO, just because there's the the way that things are made is just so different than almost any other game. And there's such a variety of things that can be made. But anyway, and so I think the crafting system is fascinating but the way that crafting works and the way that all the different materials you can harvest in the world come together to create these new things, that system is separate from why can't I search my inventory? <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So the things that I think that are hindering or cumbersome to the crafting system are actually little to do with the crafting system and more to do with the interface around the crafting system. Or lack thereof. Yeah. So yeah, I think this is a huge win. I think this is. I mean, it, again, it's not. It's not perfect. Still, I still should be able to search by tag. It's a step. It's mm-hmm. a step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. So, yeah, agreed. So I wanted to be excited for you, and maybe there's one thing that's exciting for you here. Oh, for me, personally. Yeah, they have. Yeah, they have Eternal Kingdom changes. Oh, hey. But it's just a lot of fixes, not additions okay right so i mean fixes is fine but it's you know it's not i don't see a thing that says new mouse driven (laughs) eternal kingdom gui i don't see that (laughs) okay and that's That's, what i'm that's that's what make you really happy right well you know i mean maybe it's coming down the line at some point sure but Rest comfortable knowing that they did fix an issue where the EQ, excuse me, EK Scarecrow training dummy could be placed floating above the ground. No more. Hey. Can that happen. So. Wonderful. I know that was keeping you up at night. Well, I mean, I had mine placed in, in the castle and okay. I didn't have any problem with it floating. 
Okay. We definitely accomplished making the castle haunted. We had (laughs) (laughs) some of the other guildies put theirs in there too. So Nice. But yeah, uh, I mean, every now and again, you can get nice little items like that on Twitch, actually, Mm. by watching some of the people streaming Crowfall. Oh, okay. Gotcha. They do have, and I don't know if, I don't know, I feel like we haven't had to manage this in a long time, but it says nobles of EKs that have had tokens granted to them by a partial owner Mm -hmm. can now launch the sleeping EKs in the lobby, and vassals of EKs that have had tokens granted to them by a partial owner can launch sleeping EKs in the lobby. Oh, okay. So so vassals can do it too. Because it was just nobles, I believe. If they have had tokens granted to them, it says. Yeah. So I basically have mean. to authorize it. I see. But I mean that that's good. More people being able to revive the sleeping EKs is is good. Right. Right. Which again, that actually I can understand because it's silly to just for them to be running infinite EKs for people who aren't actually online. Yeah. Right? So I, I get not just having them up all the time. Yeah, it makes um, sense. Agreed. But yeah, they're also they're 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 continuing to press forward with the new player experience changes in this next patch. So I don't know. I think I think this patch is. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think I've been disappointed with any patch that they've come out with so far. I feel like they're always a, they've always been a step up, mm-hmm. you know, an overall net improvement. So I don't know. Patch seven point three sounds like the same same thing again. Uh, still, some things I'd like to see corrected, but in, finding ways to incentivize small group play, taking steps to make crafting less cumbersome based on the UI. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Those are all those are all big deals. The chat thing is yeah. is big. Yeah, those are. When I see new players, I feel embarrassed when they're asking questions in the chat. It's like, <laughs> it's like you might think that no one's responding to you because they don't care, or you're a new, or maybe you think the server's dead or something, even or that you know the game is dead. But honestly, there could be a million people on right now, and no one else is looking at this chat tab. Right. So, yeah. I mean. The fact that it closes too, anytime you zone or whatever, and then you're just mm-hmm. like, I just forget to pull that back up again. Right. And, um, and after a while, I'm just like, I'm just not pulling it back up because I'm tired of pulling it back up. Right. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, like, like, like you and I had talked about before, I mean, there's, there's definitely things that, that Crowfall needs to continue to improve in order to continue to grow the game. Mm-hmm. And it's a delicate balance to strike, but I, 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 I hope that they continue to, to take risks and experiment with things. And I, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe the, I don't know where the player base is today as far as numbers, but I mean, the most you can have from a single Alliance in, in any zone is a hundred. Mm-hmm. Right, at least as of this next patch, so you don't need a thousand on a thousand to have a good time because the most you can have is a hundred on a hundred anyway, right? Yeah. But it's like I don't know. There's a part of me where, like, take World of Warcraft for example. So WoW has rating, and it has many flavors of rating. It has the most casual, where you can pug it, right, all the way up to 
you probably need to be in a regular guild that practices this stuff multiple times and raids weekly and is very regimented. And in PvP, like you can just join battlegrounds, just regular battlegrounds and fight, or you can go all the way up to be doing arena, which is the in competitive arena, which is the highest you know level of that or whatever. And then there's a lot of in between stuff, and and the game doesn't have to to be everything for everyone, right? Like it can offer the battleground PvP experience, and there's a segment of players who will flock to that, and they're happy there. And they're not taking away from people who want to raid, right? Uh-huh. But that's also in part available because WoW has a large population. And so with Crowfall, it's like, you know, I don't, I get that really focused PvE content, especially if there's high rewards in it, can take away from people participating in dregs. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's also kind of a base population problem because if we can get the base number up, then if you have if you had you know ten thousand people fighting in dregs like that's plenty <laughs> right and again yeah. I'm just making up the number ten thousand if you had another few thousand people doing something co- totally unrelated they don't have to be mutually exclusive like they don't have to damage one another right? <laughs> exactly yeah there's there's plenty plenty to be done without having to fight all the time for sure. It's true. But again, I do understand also, I mean, even in this, I mean, in the next patch, another thing that they have is the line literally just says in key, increase campaign rewards to make them more appealing. Oh, look at that. Right. So they are still really trying to emphasize like getting people to, to participate in the larger campaigns because that's the, the game. So not that they shouldn't do that. But yeah, it's it, like this is so random and unrelated seeming maybe, but now destiny 2 has been out for several years but before destiny 2 was of course regular destiny mm-hmm. and destiny had famously or infamously depending on how you look at it there was this loot cave this is what it became known as where players could go to this cave and i don't know if loot spawned there or if the monsters respawned fast enough that you could could kill them for loot but one way or the other people would just go to this cave and farm and just come away with gobs of gear. Right. Right. Which is not intended. The cave was not designed to work that way. It's not supposed to be a loot cave. (laughs) It was just a bug (laughs) that made it work that way. And eventually, you know, it got fixed and, and they patched that out. So it didn't work that way anymore. But it's like, what you don't want to do is design something that becomes a loot cave. Because even though the loot cave was far and away the least fun way to play Destiny, you're not running around the world, you're not, you know, getting in interesting fights or something. It was the path of least resistance to get the most gear, and so then people go do that. So it's it's like you, there is a balance to be struck where you don't want to create the loot cave where now, even though it sucks, people will do it because they can. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's definitely easier to just lock in and grind that if there's no risk of of losing those rewards right mm-hmm. whereas now it kind of forces you to to venture out and the the more valuable resources that you're wanting to get puts you further and further into those risks right right yeah but yeah overall i think like I said, excited for the patch. I think it'll be a net positive and, and 
I'm excited to see what they're doing with the zone limits and the different types of zones and the resource distribution throughout those zones. So as interested as I am to see this, and this sounds so stupid, but I'm actually now really interested to see what December will bring, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. okay, cool. This is neat. What will be next? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as it's still continuing to, to get better, then uh, we're good. I mean, I'm having Ooh. fun. Unrelated to Crowfall, but in a way always related to Crowfall because they launched within a few months of each other. I have read headlines about New World's recently declining population. Oh, so imagine that. The the sheen of the game after a month is starting to wear off for some. Uh-huh. And, uh, and hey, I don't hate New World or hope that <laughs> I mean, no. if people are having fun playing it fine, but I think it started to regress a little bit to the the mean of where it really is, which is not the greatest MMO ever created. Right. Yeah. Not the worst either, but no, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played it, so I can't speak to how good it is or anything, but I mean, that's just the natural progression of an online game, like MMO like that, right? Everyone's going to try it out and there's going to be a little bit of a pullback. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I just do. I think this is just an episode thing recurring thing at this point but the campaign structure of crowfall just makes it more interesting than any other mmo it doesn't mean that in every way it's designed better or superior but that fundamental underlying campaign structure is just super cool and it makes it in my opinion more interesting than anything else that's out there uh, new world included well yeah i mean it immediately gives you infinite possibilities i mean right and if you want to continue playing the game, that's really all you can ask for, right? And that's well, that's and that, yeah. Well, and that's what I hear people complaining about in in New World. They're like, you know, at first it's exciting to go and chop your trees and stuff, and it feels cool and whatever. But like, it, you you just end up going to chop the same tree forever because <laughs> the zones don't ever change because it's not a campaign structure where. <laughs> the maps reset every month. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you just kind of, you just, you very much get stuck in the sameness of it very quickly. Mm-hmm. And that's what all, that's where all MMOs burn people out, right? Is eventually you get to a point where you're like, I've just done it all too much. I've seen it all too much. I can't, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, and in Crowfall, there's a lot, there are obviously there are elements that are, that are, are static, but there's just so much of it that's dynamic content that uh, doesn't enable that to set in because it can't because it's not there. Yeah. I mean, we've had the conversation several times about trying different MMOs and, and, or even uh, talking about playing Diablo or something like that, where mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's fun at first, but I mean, we're just moving towards a, an end game that only has one possibility. Right. Which is, <laughs> Which is actually <laughs> arguably the beginning game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's just more colors and the numbers are bigger. Yeah, and I mean, PvP helps that. It gives you something to do, but then the fact that that PvP experience can also change completely. Uh, Man, you want to talk about personal, intimate PvP, though, dude? Yeah. Remember when we used to see, like, high-level hardcore characters that would go duel each other in Diablo, <laughs> which for anyone that doesn't know, if you die as a hardcore character in Diablo, it's deleted. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh... it's over. 
I mean that that's pretty hardcore. That's into that's personal. Yeah, that's that's two people behind their keyboards looking in their souls. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. I mean, we're really w- willing to throw away how many hours. I don't even want to play a hardcore character just with the internet because what if latency strikes and that's what you know what I mean. Let alone PvP. Like, oh, oh man, oh. you know that happened too. Like oh. some kind of. Yeah, dropping connection or something. Yeah, you got nothing for it except they got your ear. So. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, anything else you wanted to cover today, man? I'll do it. Well, that's all for our show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley and is about why gaming matters. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great week. Stay up.